Hello world, and welcome back to Uncompressed. My name's Michael. And I'm Francisco. <laughs> and we're here today to talk to you about all the awesome stuff going on in the technology world, specifically about some things regarding the internet, as well as everything that Apple announced at their most recent event. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember from last episode, but we said that we we're going to recap on what's going to happen with... Um, with our, like, our predictions and everything and how how on point we were and how horrible we were on some other points. I mean, we were pretty on point. When you say we, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? I mean by the internet. Yeah. <laughs> we did a lot of researching, but uh, I mean, for the most part, uh, you know, everything we let you guys know about, uh, it, it, it came, happened. To, came to fruition. So Basically, we're psychic. A little bit, but only when it comes to technology. In regards to my love life, I have no idea what's going on. Me either. <laughs> so, I mean, just to get started, uh, let's talk about Apple's event. Uh, they, they had their event where they announced things like the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. Which everybody wants right now. Which everybody wants. It, it's already on pre-order. The lines have already started. Yeah, There's already out, people camping out. Comes out in, what, three days? Yeah, yep. three days. Um, and then they have the iPad Pro, which... Everybody is super excited about, and by everybody, I mean me. I'm not really excited about it. Oh, I, th- I think it's going to be awesome. We'll talk about it, um, but I'm not. The hype is really low for me right now. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, so let's start with the iPhone 6S. All right, let's talk about it. So what were some things that were announced that we got right in the predictions? All right, well, let me just say it right off the bat. 3D Touch. Okay, we got that right in the prediction. But except we called it Force Touch. Except we called it Force Touch because that's what they called it for the MacBook, and that's what they called it for the Apple Watch. And why didn't they call it Force Touch? I don't know. I think it has something to do with politics um, with different companies right now. Ah, Donald Trump. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Donald Trump had a lot to do with it. <laughs> I don't exactly know why they stopped calling it Force Touch. Actually, I think it was... Who, who did I, it? I heard that it was uh, something about the company called Huawei that they are... Uh, they have some kind of patent war going on, saying that they invented that technology first. Which they totally didn't. And this is not me as like an Apple fanboy saying that they didn't. It's that Apple definitely did first. Yeah, it's not even a question. Yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things going around saying you know that they invented it first, and so I, I guess just to avoid the whole legal battle or whatever, Apple just decided to call it a different name on iOS. So we have 3D Touch. So. What exactly is 3D Touch to you? So when you when you're using the touch screen on any on any phone nowadays, you um, you're swiping and touching and tapping all in two dimensions, and everything that you're doing is a gesture on a pane of glass. What 3D Touch is, what the name implies, is that it adds an entire new dimension to your touch display, the to the gestures that you can do. It adds a uh, a sense of depth to to the screen. Um, that's what it is to me as far as like how people implement it in terms of when other companies adopt, uh, this, this technology, which we know they will. Um, I don't know where it's going to go from there, but right now to me, to the majority of people, 3D touch is a new way to interact with, uh, with your operating system on your phone via the depth of how you press on the screen. Basically, yeah. it's a pressure sensitive. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've found most disappointing about uh, the announcement with 3D Touch is just how people are v- taking it very negatively. They they think that this is something that's 
a very minor thing. They don't realize how big of an impact 3D touch is. Yeah, and make. this is this is the thing with with the people that we talk to on a regular basis. They're all the negative Nancys that are like, "Oh, I'm never going to use this feature," or I can think of some names that pop into my head right away. Yeah, but um, it's all until they start using it that they're going to yeah. say like, "Oh, this yeah. is awesome, Eduardo." <laughs> <laughs> he's like I will never use this feature this is something that's like this is pointless like it's something that's cool to have but like really what is it good for and I had to explain to him We it was a battle on Facebook yeah that's what it was but it's also like a lot of things that Apple has imp- implemented in their operating systems that may not necessarily be of use right away uh, like in the standard operating system when they launch it or on a new device. Mm-hmm. But then we start seeing how third parties or other companies start taking taking advantage of these features and then it turns into something absolutely incredible. Exactly. And that's how Apple has done most of the things ever. Yeah. Because they, they make an awesome product and then everything that they do, they kind of hand off to developers. And they say, this is your baby, roll with it and see what you can come up with. And Apple takes care of their developers a lot. Apple developers are a big... They're the basic, they are the backbone of, of Apple. And the reason is because the iPhone, when it first launched in 2007, was great. It got even better when they introduced the App Store, and then people could make apps for it. Um, the same thing happened uh, with the MacBook, and the same thing is going to happen with 3D Touch. And, l- and look at the App Store now. There's millions mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of different applications. And what, would the use I- your iPhone. and what would the iPhone be without those applications? Exactly. Uh, and, when you, and you notice how much Apple cares about their developers whenever there's an event like the Apple event that just happened because the majority of people there are Apple employees or they are Apple developers. And they have events like WWDC, the Worldwide Developer Conference, which is specifically to thank them and to, to honor what, they, what they're doing. Exactly. And and most of the time when uh, we're watching these conferences, the people who are watching just to hear the products announced and that's it, they get really annoyed at the beginning and they call it Apple praise when they're talking about how much money they've paid to developers and and Mm -hmm. everything like that. But it's important to know because this is a community that truly does care about their developers and gives back to them because you have to understand that people have made a career out of this. This is what they make their, their well-being from. So, Which, a little side note, um, it really bothers me when like the free app market bothers me a lot because it's kind of ruined how people view apps because yeah, like you'll think find if it's not free yeah you'll find game. you'll find something awesome and you'll be like hey i found this really cool app and they'll be like oh how much is it is it free and you'll be like oh no it's 99 cents and like, oh i don't want to download it now like that really bothers me because why would you not want to spend something like 99 cents that's less than a cup of coffee that you're probably going to get anyways and you know it pays the developer that made the application these are people are putting their time and effort into making an application and you want them to just give it to you and to me that's wrong um no, it really is, and it, it, it's something that you know I've always made sure to spend money on applications because this is something that I use on a daily basis, mm-hmm. every single day. And the more money they get, the more they're able to fund their project and make the ta- make the application better. I mean, when PCs were you know the only thing, applications we used to you know buy the discs, and they used to be like twenty dollars minimum mm-hmm. uh, to install an application, you know, and to be able to install something new at the touch of a finger for only ninety nine cents and give a whole different experience on your device and something that's useful or fun. Yeah. That and even even the higher end apps that are like what three ninety nine like really yeah even if you end up hating it what did you lose there yeah four dollars what is that to anybody, um so there's that and then the whole thing the reason why we're talking about this is because three D touch is something that is 
going to be great when it comes out, but it's going to be even better when developers get their hands on it and they make apps for it. Like, what's something that's going to be really good that developers are going to use? I think for? mobile games are going to change dramatically. Yeah, that's the big talk right now is games. Uh, because in all, every game right now, what's the interface like? It's just tap and yeah, swipe. Yeah, tap and swipe. And, and now, now you can it, press. Exactly. So think of just like a, a mini war game or anything like that. You know, you're shooting with one gun and you press a little harder and automatically switches to another gun. Yeah. Something just as small as that it's gonna it's gonna really change the way you interact with your phone uh Mm -hmm. so mobile games is definitely a huge thing Mm -hmm. another thing that 3d touch does is uh gives you like little quick menus on the home screen which i think is also a big deal because being able because when you whenever you launch an application you open the application by tapping it and then you have to figure out where you want to go in the application what like if for example you open up instagram you want to go to your activity feed or your news feed or the camera you open the app and then you go to your, the destination that you want to go to. With Force Touch, uh, sorry, 3D Touch, you can press on uh, Instagram and choose where you want to go in the app right right off the bat. And that's a big deal, not only in Instagram, as an example, but in every other app. And this is something that's going to save you maybe a couple milliseconds here and there, but that adds up. And it overall is going to make the experience on your phone a lot better. It is. And, and you have to remember that... Apple builds the phone for the consumer and for the experience they have with the phone and how they interact with it. Mm-hmm. So overall, 3D Touch is going to change the way you interact and experience your phone. So that's going to be the big deal. And that's why we spend so much talking about this. We've talked about it a lot previously. We talk about it now. And we're going to continue to talk about it because... As it gets better. Yeah, because it, it's going to continue to get better and it's going to completely change the way that how we use our computers. And it's going to lead to other technologies, which is super exciting. But... Enough about 3D Touch and Force Touch. We've talked a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Some of the other new features um, that are exciting about the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus are obviously the new camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's the biggest thing that I think consumers were worried about. They wanted an upgrade on their camera. So now, compared to the 8 megapixels that we had before on the previous, what was it, two or three generations of iPhone, mm-hmm. that they had a 8 megapixel, now we have 12 megapixels. So, um, And remember, megapixels is something that um, doesn't really rate the quality of the camera. Uh, it's just a number. <laughs> yeah, please understand that, because I talk about this all the time. Yeah. Because people say, oh, my camera is 16 megapixels, therefore it's better than your 8 megapixel camera. That's not how megapixels work. Um, that's not what they are. I, I mentioned it before, I think, in the last podcast, that a megapixel, really, what that tells you is how big you can print the photo. Um it doesn't tell you anything about the resolution of the photo. It doesn't tell you anything about um, how the photo is going to look, how the camera processes the photo, any of that. What matters is the sensor and how great the sensor is. As right. far as megapixel goes, that's arbitrary. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but um, you know the the bump is nice because it, even though megapixels isn't the main uh, measurement, it's something that we did still need as far as uh, improvement of the camera itself. Mm-hmm. So the back-facing camera is 12 megapixels right now. And then the front uh, facing was actually 1.2 megapixels previously, and now it's 5 megapixels. Which is a huge Yeah, difference. that is a huge bump. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if anybody really didn't like their grainy photos on the front, um, wh- which they weren't that terrible, but anytime you got in a place where there was low light, it would become very grainy. 
But alongside with that, they also now have the True Tone or whatever it is, a front-facing flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now the flash will light up three times the capability of the usual light on the display, and now it'll use that as a front-facing flash. Basically, your selfies are, your selfie game is about to be way <laughs> They're stronger. They're going to be flawless. <laughs> yeah. Make sure those eyebrows are on fleek for all these photos that are about to happen. <laughs> on fleek. That's a funny word. It is. I, I don't know where it came I from. I have no idea where it came I from. I remember hearing it one day, I think on, on the bus. I heard it, and I was like, I feel like we're going to see it one day on the History Channel. Just like yeah. the history of Fleek. Yeah, the history of And MTV. then you see some, like, like, uh, like, just Latin girl with, like, these wingtip eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so back to the iPhone. Uh, so we have that. Uh, it does. Oh, the, reco- you, know the, you know the camera also records 4K. Yeah, it does record 4K video. So it records 4K at, at um, up to 30 frames per second. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really nice quality video. Now, this is something that kind of led into us actually having a conversation about how 4K is a technology that isn't used on a lot of devices to play that video or mm-hmm. that content. Like, yet. for example, the, the display on the iPhone, I think on the iPhone 6 Plus, is a 1080 resolution display. So you won't even be able to tell the difference. So you won't even be able to view your 4K video in 4K. You'd have to do that either on a MacBook with Retina display or on a 4K TV. Um, so like he was saying, it's, you know, it's not something that is everywhere yet. But it's getting there. And so that's, that's that's the big word yet. Yet, yeah. Um, like uh, Neelay Patel said on The Verge recently, he said that it's a pro feature. That that's how you should think about 4K. Is it something that's really nice to have, especially if you're into uh, making video or editing? It's really really nice to have. Which is becoming a huge thing. I don't know the name of the movie, but they actually recently. Um, I don't know if they're still shooting it or they released it, but a movie that's completely shot on iPhone. I didn't. I've never heard of that. Yeah, they they did a complete movie on iPhone. Uh, so that's gonna be a really interesting project to see because, you know, and this is before this 4K video coming out. This is just on the previous uh, six model. So for them to be able to shoot and record an entire movie on this with uh, some rigs, uh, specially built for iPhone. It's uh, it's pretty phenomenal. I think that's going to be an awesome feature. Uh, but the 4K video is going to make a difference, but not on your device itself. You'll be able to play it on a TV. Let's say if you have a 4K TV that plays at that resolution, then you can take advantage of watching that content on there at full resolution. I'm super excited about 4K because I'm myself, I'm going to get a 4K TV soon because I know that this technology is something that's going to really, really quickly rise up to the top uh, because, like... Really, like, what's going to happen in 2018? Like, people are going to be like, oh, that isn't 1080. Really? <laughs> Did you record that with a potato? <laughs> a um, ham sandwich. Exactly. So 4K is coming. Get ready for so, it. So just a side note, something that I was reading that was really interesting. Um, 4K video. So GoPro, actually, I don't know if you saw this uh, article, but GoPro made a rig. Mm-hmm. And it's a 360 rig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah, so it, it, I think it's 15 separate GoPros set up in a, in, in a circular kind of thing mm-hmm. um, so that they, you can record 360 videos. That was exciting to me because I was like, oh, this is a whole new way to experience videos. No, we have and, to stop now because you're going to start talking about virtual reality and we can't do that again. Uh, yeah, I know. 
But it, it just, you know, it's really cool. Um, guys, yes. they, All right, you know what? Let's talk about it anyways. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So being able, imagine this, guys. Oh, hold on. Imagine this. If you're driving, if you're driving, don't do this. But close your eyes and just. No, do it anyways. <laughs> do it anyways. Um, if you're, if, uh, what the fuck was I saying? I'm so excited right now. <laughs> you, so you close your eyes and imagine that. You are watching a movie, but it was shot in 3D. It was shot in 360 degrees, which means you are in the movie. You're in the center of the movie. Yeah, you can turn around, all around and see everything that's going on around you. I'm turning my head as I'm doing this. So, um, I'm super excited for that because I'm all about the virtual reality. That's something that I want to happen right away, and I want it in my life. Yeah, and I want to be in a movie. Yeah, and for these companies to be able to buy that already, because it comes in a whole package. It comes with the rig, yeah. with the with the GoPros and everything. Yeah, I think it's about fifteen grand, but you actually have to send in an application to them first. Letting oh, them know so your exciting. project. So okay, you know on. that the people that get a hold of it yeah. are only going to be doing awesome yeah. stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys know who uh, Ernest Klein is, but he is an author, and he recently wrote uh, two one. books, Ready Player One and Armada. Armada. In his book, Ready Player One, which is all about virtual reality. We talked about it um, in one of our previous episodes. Yeah, we did. Uh, but in, in Ready Player One, somewhere towards the end, he... Uh, uh, the narrator, which in this case is uh, Wade Watts, he's talking about how uh, people have taken advantage of this virtual reality world, this uh, this virtual reality movie thing, to where you can be the main character in your favorite movie. Yeah, uh, and that's something that is totally possible now. Like it blows my mind. I think Ernest Klein is from the future. I just got quiet because I was thinking about that, and that's amazing. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> who, who would be the first movie character that you play? I would... Oh, my God. I would want to be... Um, probably Han Solo. Probably Han Solo? I would want to be Han Solo. That would be amazing. I mean... Everybody knows. But listen, listen to this guy. Okay, so in, in Ready Player One, the way that they did this was they made it a game. Yeah. So you played the main character. And, and you game, had to get it line by line. The game was that you had to recite the lines of this person. Yeah. And, like, the better you did it, the more points you got, you know? And if you messed up, it would deduct points, et cetera, et cetera. So... It's like... That's like ultimate fandom. Yeah. Just memorizing I'm this shit. I'm super hardcore line. excited about this right now. <laughs> super hardcore excited about it. I didn't even realize that this was a thing until just now. So, um, you want to keep talking about iPhone? Yeah, let's go back to that. <laughs> All right. Um, what's something else uh, with the camera? Oh, the um, the panoramic pictures. So, previously, there were 23 megapixels, mm-hmm. and I, I had 63 megapixels. Those. Who cares? Come on, bro. Panoramas. So, I take panoramas all the time. I've taken, like, three in my That's because you don't travel anywhere. Just saying. <laughs> Are you kidding? I travel everywhere. I went to Colombia, and I took some amazing panoramic photos, uh... I climbed this meteorite, and when you get to the top, there's a beautiful view of, like, the entire valley and the mountains, and the panoramics were amazing. So, right, 63 tearing, megapixels worth right of panoramics, amazing. Okay. <laughs> Another thing that you can do with the camera is live photos, which is kind of like a GIF. Let's talk about live photos a little yeah. bit. So... If you say GIF, I just want to say that you are wrong, and <laughs> just stop. <laughs> just stop. Please. Stop. Um... So, what do you feel is the major bridge between, or the difference between a photo and a video? Like, why would you take a live photo compared to taking a short video? I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking about, because 
you know, it, it's it's an interesting idea, but then at the same time, it's like why? Like if I wanted to really the, capture that moment, yeah, I would just switch to the video. The only time I can think of using live photo is a situation in which the moment happens so quick that you want to make sure that you get it. For example, like uh, like your son just turned three years old and he's blowing out his candle. Like, that's a moment. Like, blowing out a candle is a yeah, moment. Yeah, but here, this, want... this is what I'm saying. Why would you not just take a video of that? Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because live photos is the thing now and I want to use it, so I don't know. Yeah, I I mean I could see it uh, being used as in a, a more artistic kind of way, you know. I can see it. Um, I can see that, but not sure. in a practical kind of way. Like in that situation you just mentioned, I would totally switch the video and I would capture that entire moment. Yeah, and another thing about live photos that make them horrible is, is the that, memory is that they take up twice the size yeah. of a photo. Yeah. So and so if the, you have a sixteen gig iPhone. Yeah. That's. Okay, hold you, on. You shouldn't have an iPhone if you have 16 gigs. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. I'm just because kidding. They I love you guys. They announced that the 6S came out, and they started the base with 16. Again. Again. Yeah. Which that I was think, disappointing. Which I think is a terrible, horrible, bullshit yeah. move. And there's nothing wrong with you guys. Like, you know, we're, we're picking on you saying, you know, you shouldn't have an iPhone. But, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, you may not understand, you know, how much memory these certain things take up, all these new features... But it takes up a lot of memory. Yeah, and the thing is, Apple recently, not recently, like last year, they upped their app size limit from like 2 gigs to 4 gigs. So now an application can be 4 gigabytes. And if you have a 16 gig iPhone, that's like 3 of them that you can download before the operating system and those apps take up all the space. Um, So that, along with live photos taking up twice the size... Like, just having a 16-gigabyte base model is stupid. And the whole reason they did it, and the whole reason, like, everybody knows this, is that people are going to say, oh, 16 gigs is too small, Let I, might as well, I might as well just go to the 64. And any every time somebody says that, the 16-gigabyte has done its job, because that's what it is. It's just basically a gimmick to get you to get the 64-gigabyte. Yeah, uh, which I works. really hope they don't keep doing, because... I get it, you know, it's a gimmick, and then they get them to the 64, but we have to think about our users, you know, that are just entry-level, like, they deserve yeah. the, at least a decent amount of memory. And 32 is decent. Yeah. 16 so, is definitely not. Shout out to Samsung for at least that. Um, you take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we talked about all the camera features, um, 6S and 6 Plus, um, what else do you, do you have anything else to say about iPhone as far as uh, the um, new specs? Not really. If you guys if you guys are listening, have any questions or anything, you can always hit us up on Twitter and we'll answer. We're going to be in very very close proximity with these phones due to our line of work, and we're going to be testing them out, playing with them. Um, we're going to know a whole lot more about them uh, in the upcoming days, uh, very very soon. So yeah. if there's anything that you would like to know, if you want to know whether or not it's worth upgrading, definitely give us a shout out, and we'll we'll get back to you on that. Yeah, and just really quickly, as far as the the physical aspects of it, uh, it's literally like not even point two millimeters mm-hmm. thicker, so you're not going to notice the difference in size that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made it with a stronger aluminum for the body and a stronger glass, uh, and the Touch ID sensor is upgraded just slightly. Yeah. So overall, very very minor stuff. If you have a six right now, you might and, not. Consider... And the rose gold. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah. So. Rose gold guys. Yeah. So if you have if you have an iPhone six, you might not think of it um, as a really big <clears> upgrade <throat> to go to the success. Um, I'm in that boat right now where I kind of don't really feel like I I want it. 
um, super badly, especially because like 3D Touch, I'm waiting for like a bunch of third-party apps to support it and see where that goes before I kind of uh, dive into it because really that's the only reason I want it um, is for the 3D Touch. So yeah. we'll see where that goes. Like I said, if you guys have any questions, you know. Twitter. Tweet at us and uh, we'll get back to you. So let's jump into the iPad Pro. Let's okay. talk about it a little bit. So okay. you said that you're not super excited about it. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because... It's more of a personal thing for me because I have a MacBook and I'm a power user on my Mac. Yeah. I do have an iPad and I never use it. Yeah. So it's more like a, just a personal thing for me. Like yeah. I'm just I, not I, into I it. think that both of you and I were kind of hoping that it would have more of an OS ten feel mm-hmm. uh, and more of a a, a pro user experience because I I feel like it is while it's it's nice it has a very big display it still feels like it still feels an like iPad. an iPad yeah yes so the, the name is iPad Pro so we were really hoping that it was gonna have um, power user like capabilities like it was gonna have and it does you know somewhat you can edit two streams of 4K video on it it has a super super powerful chip like borderline not even borderline it is it, like, it's um, a CPO chip yeah it, it is a, a like comparable to uh, a desktop, yeah. it has desktop class yeah. uh, um, hardware, and that that is that is true. Yeah, but it's the, basically like having a CPU in your hands. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is awesome. The thing is that the operating system is still iOS, um, and you have those kind of iPad Pro y features like split screen, picture in picture, um, but it's not something that's ever going to replace my Mac, at least in like the near future. Exactly. And that's kind of what we were hoping for, hoping for something that would be comparable to having our Macs, you know, so that we can use these on the go and just pull out a tablet instead of a laptop. But uh, we're not there yet. Mm, yeah. <laughs> as far as the size of the iPad Pro goes, if you have a 13 inch laptop, if you just like break it in half, don't actually do this. But if you <laughs> broke it in half and you that's just held the screen, that's how big the iPad Pro is. It's a 13-inch display. So um, if you just imagine a laptop cut in half, that's what it is. So it's a pretty big um, piece of hardware. Um, the resolution is amazing, though. Five, the res- five, 5.6 million pixels. Yeah, it has incredible. It has a 2K resolution. Yeah. So twice the resolution of 1080p. It's packed with pixels. Definitely really awesome. Um, but like I said, it doesn't have that power user feel where mm-hmm. you can ju- where it's going to replace your MacBook, and that's really what I was hoping for. We didn't really get that, and that's why I don't really. That's why I don't really care for it. Now, what do you think about the stylus, the pencil? I think the pencil's awesome. The um, Apple pencil. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. Um, it's just one of those things where, like, again, like I really wish it could do more, yeah. but I I feel like we got a very very small peek at what it's capable of and this is something that again developers are going to take into their hands uh-huh. and do some crazy stuff with a pencil so i'm looking forward to see where it goes but as far as where it stands now with what we've seen not super duper impressed what i like most about the pencil was just um how they basically built it in so it it senses the force that you're actually putting into it mm-hmm. um, Wait, and, and the angle. And that's kind of because they didn't put 3D Touch in the iPad. Yeah. So they had the pencil they, they had the makeup over. With it. And that was what I was feeling like, okay, so if you have this 3D Touch, I get it, it might be a little bit more expensive to, to put onto an iPad, mm-hmm. but it is a pro tablet, you know, it, it's what we're paying for. With so, a pro price tag. Exactly. So, so if we are paying for something like that, then we're going to expect the same features as the success. So, yeah, I do see that they were making up for the 3D Touch features with mm-hmm. the And no, that's, that's not to say that the pencil isn't badass, it really no, is. No, it is, you know... 
I liked it. I liked the fact that you could charge it directly from the lightning port on the iPad. I didn't like that. Um, well, I, I didn't like that it, it needed a battery or, or you know, it, it needs to be charged. I don't like how the, the tip of the, or not the tip, but the end of the pencil is a male lightning connector. Mm-hmm. So you can't just plug it into, like... So you thought it should have been a female one, so you could just plug it into, like, a charger. Anything. And now, in this case, you have to plug it into your iPad, which I feel like is a very, very easy way to break it. Yeah, that does sound like... Like, if somebody just kind of walks by at the right angle, they're just going to bust your lightning Or if you're just in a hurry and you pull it out of the charger at the wrong angle, you can snap that male connector right off. Yeah, that's right. Well, Apple Pencil, overall. The the other thing I didn't like about it is the price tag on it. Like... Mm -hmm. At bucks. the end of the day, it is a stylus. Um, it does do some amazing things, but a hundred bucks is pretty steep for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're looking for a stylus right now, that's uh, really awesome, and that's going to work with your iPad. Uh, right now, I would definitely look into Pencil by Fifty Three. That yeah. is probably one of the best styluses available on the yeah. market. Right it has now. a it has a wooden feel to it. Um, very thick too, so you get a good grip on it. It's very good, and it has some really amazing features, especially if you use it with their companion app, Paper. Um, it does pretty much everything that the pencil can do for like half the price. So, and it's compatible with a uh, current iPad. So if that's something that you're into, I definitely recommend getting that. One of my favorite, um, features as far as the iPad pro goes is the four speaker audio system. I was really a big fan of that too. Yeah. I, I thought it was awesome. I liked how they actually fixed it in with, I, I, I think they did it with the gyroscope as far mm-hmm. as like, depending on how you have the iPad tilted, mm-hmm. it'll actually output the audio to where you're going to hear it best in that angle. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty amazing. Yeah. The only thing that I'm not a fan of with the speakers is that they're still backwards pointing. They are not front facing speakers. Correct. Uh, like for example, the Nexus, um, so, uh, but it does do awesome things whenever you turn it, you know, sideways, you tilt it a certain way, the speakers will, um, respond to that angle and output the sound in a way that is going to be, that it's, that's going to do the best audio quality. And that's super exciting. I like that. And, um, how, how do you feel about the, uh, the, the new uh, Surface keyboard. I mean, uh, exactly. Keyboard. Yeah, and that's how I feel about it. Is that it's a Surface keyboard. Yeah, uh, that's a direct. No, no, no matter what way you spin it, that that was a straight up Surface keyboard. Yeah, that was a straight up attack on Microsoft. Uh, <laughs> doing that, which I mean, they did bring Microsoft out on stage, um, which well, was yeah, that was surprising. Yeah, they brought Microsoft. They brought Adobe out there. They're com- technically competitors. Yeah, and I actually w- was tweeting about that. Uh, how I'm excited that you know these companies have put their differences aside, uh, no matter what they've gone through, and now they're working together just to, for the future of technology. Yeah. So that's that's pretty great. But the the keyboard itself, the only thing I'm going to say that is a difference is that they used Apple's new technology for the keys. Mm-hmm. Um, so the butterfly mechanics yeah the butterfly mechanics so that way when you're actually pressing down on the key it's a very light tap and it responds very well i like it a lot yeah so i mean that it, it connects directly to a, a magnetic um kind of like a strip on the side mm-hmm. uh just like the surface so mm-hmm. uh overall you know and it's about the same price point as a surface keyboard as well so as a lot of you guys are already aware ios 9 recently came out for the general public i think like two days ago Mm-hmm. Um, as we release this podcast uh, today. So what that means is that you have access to a few UI tweaks here and there and a few little improvements, but one of the big things is content blocking in Safari. That's a feature that not many people are going to realize is there unless somebody tells you about it. So this is me telling you about it. 
what content blocking is, is it allows third-party developers to submit an application to the App Store where you can then download it. I think the number one uh, right now on the charts is Crystal. Um, it's a 99 cent application. You download it, you enable it uh, through the Safari settings, and it basically works very, very similarly to Adblock. Uh, the way it works is really simple. It's just a list of servers that it doesn't want to load from, and, you know. Amen. <laughs> just like just like Adblock, all all uh, web con web uh, blocking is is just a list of servers that you don't want to load from. Um, so that way you don't have ads, and that's all it is. So concept blocking in Safari is a huge deal because it is going to reshape how people think about the internet, how people think about advertisements. Because like I was telling uh, you earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not applications, but advertisements are a huge part of the internet right now. I remember a time not too long ago where you could watch YouTube videos and there were no ads. And now that's the way that Every single video. Yeah, every single... That's the way most web sites get their income is through advertisements. And uh, content blocking in Safari is going to have a huge impact, especially since most mobile users are on Safari through an iPhone. And and usually, like, I think a a while ago, we didn't really mind ads as much as we do now because it's become ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, It's literally like a commercial or a pop-up, like, for every single freaking thing that you do. Yeah, and then here's the thing with ads, is that I don't mind them if they're not intrusive. For example, The Verge. We go on there all the time. That's where yeah. we get most of our news from. And they have ads all over their site. But they're not intrusive. They're beautifully designed. And they don't get in the way of the, the experience. The content itself, yeah. Yeah, they don't get in the way of the experience of, of the website. Mm-hmm. Where you have other websites, though, where you know the, app, the ad will pop up in the middle of the screen. And you have a little tiny X in the corner to get rid of it. and it's Just to make you accidentally click on the ad itself. And then take you to a whole new... And then you have ads in uh, applications that pop up. And then it'll take you to the app store to download some bullshit app. So yeah. those are really annoying. And the thing is that there are really good ads out there that do really good things and they promote good things. And yeah. then they also give revenue to the websites. And now those are going to be taken away. So now, do, do you think now with the content blocking that they're going to actually try to implement iAds a little bit more? I don't know. I don't know if iAds are going to be blocked as well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this means uh, for the future of advertisements, but advertisements, I'm sorry, have uh, been a huge part of the internet. So I don't know where it's going to go from here. Um, So what does that what does that mean for you? What does that mean for the the consumer of of web design or not web design, but web in general? So if you have concept blocking enabled in Safari, it's going to speed up your browsing. You're going to have faster load times because you're not loading a bunch of ads from a bunch of different locations on the web. It's just going to be the page that you're trying to load. It's going to load, I think, up to four times faster. Um, Which is usually why it takes so long for our pages to load because it's not just loading. If you notice, ads are given priority when it comes to loading. Like, ads load first, mm-hmm. and that's probably the most irritating part Mm -hmm. it's just like when you go on youtube and the commercial plays crystal clear but then your actual video is in like 280p or something yeah yeah and then it's also going to save you like half of your data 50 percent of your data it's going to save you if you have a data cap on your phone uh through your carrier or something so concept blocking overall is a great thing what that means for the future of the internet i don't know nobody can say we'll see uh we might have a, a future episode talking about it a little bit more in depth 
Oh, we will. Yeah. We just kind of wanted to mention it today. Get you guys excited about the internet. And also, last but not least, let's talk about Apple TV. So Apple TV was the most exciting thing for me about the Apple announcement. It, it was really awesome. Uh, and it's it's beautiful. Like, the, the actual design they have for the interface. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actual physical device looks almost the same, just a little bit thicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does have a new kick-ass remote that you can use with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the remote connects via Bluetooth, so... You can use it as a remote controller for games, because uh, now you can actually download apps in, in their app store. Um, they're going to have... Hold on, hold on. What does that mean? It means that there's an app store in Apple TV now. <laughs> there you go. So we're back to the whole developer thing. Apple TV was great. Um, I have one, and now it's going to get even better, because now developers have their hands on an SDK where they can develop specifically for the Apple TV. So like we were saying earlier, developers are going to make this a much better uh, experience overall. It's going to be a whole new way to interact with your TV. Uh, Like, just imagine what you do now with your phone, and now you'll be able to have apps on your actual Apple TV. Mm -hmm. And the whole Siri integration, that blew me away. Mm -hmm. I thought it was cool. Okay, so Apple TV got announced, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love this. And then uh, Jennifer, who was uh, doing the whole presentation, she was like, we were watching a video, and she was like, what did she say? And it automatically And then it went back 15 15 seconds, seconds, and then it put on the captions temporarily. I don't know if you guys understand what's happening, but go check it out. But <laughs> well, the, well, the, the thing with that is that, you know, um, a lot of people made a claim to the fact that there are things like that on another device that you can give it a command and it'll skip back. But you have to understand that this interaction was more of a human interaction. Like, yeah, Siri- if somebody's talking and you ask them, wait, wait, hold on, what'd you say? They'll go back. And this is exactly what happened with yeah, Siri. Yeah, this, this is you being able to use natural language. That's what it's called. Instead of using commands, you can use natural language to talk to Siri. She'll understand what you mean, and then she'll do it. And then when that happened, I threw my wallet. <laughs> at the TV. At the TV. I just threw it. Because I was like, I need this. Please give it to me. You yeah. can have all my money. <laughs> I just want this. So I was super excited about that. That's my main thing is that being able to, to use my TV with Siri. Yeah. Uh, one one of the features mind. I love most was the fact that if you're searching uh, for movies, you can actually, as you go along, filter by just, you know, like you said, natural language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. also show, me, show me the movies with uh, Johnny Depp. Exactly. Only the ones from 1989. Yeah. And like, whatever. Exactly like that. And it also pulls all these movies from all the different services you have. Mm-hmm. So everything you have from the movies that you're streaming um, or sharing from your home library to what's on iTunes to what's on Netflix, it pulls from all that data, uh, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's that's what I'm most, most excited about on Apple TV. Um, the other thing I like is that the games that they have, uh, they had the, the lab, uh, I forgot the name of the company, but they went up there and presented Crossy Road, the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were saying that if you have a friend playing with you, the secondary remote can just be their iPhone. Uh, so for them to be able to integrate the iPhone as a second remote and not, you have to buy other remotes. That was also really awesome. The whole thing was really great. And I'm, I'm going to buy one when they come out right away. And you guys should too. Uh, price points on it are going to be 149 for a 32 gig model and 199 for a 64 gig model. So you're going to have plenty of storage to download those new applications, uh, movies. Yeah. Pretty much anything, any content that you want on there. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. I'm glad that they didn't leave it at 16 gigs because that would have been a total bummer. Um, 
but as far as the Apple TV goes, that's all the information that we have at this moment. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing reviews when the actual product comes out itself. Once we get our hands on it and are able to play with it a little bit more. And if you guys need more information right away, we highly recommend just watching the keynote directly from Apple's website because there's so much information there that, uh, that you can watch and you'll get the inside scoop on what's going on. All right, guys. Well, it's been an awesome time talking to you guys. I know this episode wasn't ex- a- a- as exciting, but we're like dumping content on you. We want you to know all the cool stuff. And um, our next episode is going to be awesome. So please stay tuned for that. And uh, as always, we love you guys. If you want to know anything or have any questions about anything at all to do in the technology world, uh, in entertainment, science, anything, just tweet us or uh, follow us on Instagram. You know our handle at uncompressed underscore. You can go follow us and ask us anything you need to know. And we'll always be there to answer you guys. So once again, thank you guys for all the support and everything that you do for us. We love you guys. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.